We serve a great God. In spite of the chaos that is happening in our world, we are not taken by surprise. Jesus said in the world, you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He also predicted the time when nation would rise against nation. That word he used there is the word ethnos, which refers to ethnic group. So ethnic group will rise against ethnic group within countries, within the borders of what's commonly called nations. There will be conflict. If you study the history of our nation, we've always had conflict. There's always been injustice going on. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying this is what's happening in our day, and we are not taken by surprise or shocked because we know we serve the one who is greater. He is the great I am, and in him we have confidence. If gas goes up to $8 a pint, you know you're going to make it. Like the little song says, he didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't pick us up to let us down. He didn't build his home in us to move away. He didn't teach us to swim to let us drown. Yes, you're still here, and you will still be here until he says otherwise. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever Amen. With the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you her greetings, and so does my son Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ. First Peter Chapter 5, we've been preaching through 1 Peter. A few years ago, I did a series teaching verse by verse through this book, and it was entitled Strengthening Truths for Stormy Times. And so this truth still stands today. It says, the elders who are among you, he's talking to the church leaders, I exhort. He's preaching to pastors. He's preaching to staff members. 
He's preaching to overseers of the body as a whole. Staff members oversee ministries within the body, and elders oversee the ministry of the body as a whole. I, who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd or pastor the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, verse 5, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. And this applies to youth and new believers. So allow those older than you, those that are more mature than you, to help you in your walk with the Lord. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. So the submission question is for us all. The elder, younger thing is a matter of order, like husband, wife, parent, child, it's a matter of order. But the bottom line, we all submit to one another from time to time, if not all the time. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all, can we say all, all, your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now this is for somebody, but drunkenness is not God's will. It's contrary to the scripture. And Billy Bob, getting high is not being sober. So this is a verse dealing with marijuana. Don't tune me off. If it gets you high and you're in a condition where you can't read and understand or drive a car safely, you can't say you're sober. You could be in such a stupor that the enemy can get the upper hand on you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus or Silas, our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. Silas is the same guy that was in prison with Saul when the earthquake happened, and here he is, the messenger that's delivering this letter to the believers. Verse 13, she who is in Babylon, that's a code word for Rome, the church in Rome, elect together with you, greets you, and so does Mark, my son. That's John Mark, 
the one that had disappointed Paul and was the cause of Paul taking Silas and Barnabas taking John Mark, split up their party and continue the spreading of the gospel separately. But then later, Paul affirmed John Mark. He had grown and matured to the point he wrote one of the gospels. So Mark sends his greetings to these believers. Greet one another with a kiss of love. The word there, kiss, is related to phileo. It's an expression of brotherly love. And the word there, love, is the word agape. It's unselfish, wholehearted love. It's the highest form of love. So greet one another with a brotherly expression of love. Now, under COVID-19, we're not supposed to touch hands. I'm not sure about touching elbows. That brings you in closer than six feet. But I think we can express love and appreciation to one another without that. Now, if you just have to hug people, you need to wear a face mask because that brings you within the six-foot guideline. South Korea has followed these guidelines, and they have been operating and have not destroyed their economy. So there's wisdom in this. If you think all this is a hoax, if you remember Pastor Shake, he has lost eight people, dead, dead, one of whom we know, um, Landon Spradlin. He's played here on this very platform, died from COVID. Well, he had other health issues, true, but he was alive with those health issues. So the straw that breaks the camel's back is the straw that breaks the camel's back. He got COVID and died, so we have to draw the line somewhere. So anyway, not to get into that rat's nest. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you, all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'd like to speak to you today on the vital B12s. We say that, the vital B12s. What are the B12s? Well, there's 12 things to be in this chapter. For the sake of memory, so you don't forget this sermon, I want to share a little trivial information to create a pocket to hold this information in because it's important. It's so important if we want to be victorious. This is a B12 bomber. It was around in the late 30s and early 40s. There's a maybe three dozen in the world today that still fly. Here's another picture of one. But I'm not talking about bombers today. But I am talking about things that will bomb your enemy who's out to destroy your soul. Or we could call the sermon The Vital Men and Women B12s. You want to be a vital person. Here's B12s for you. There is a vitamin called vitamin B12. It's one of the B vitamins, duh. And the source of this vitamin is found in meat, mushrooms, cheese, almonds, fish primarily. Really high in liver. If you don't like liver, let me tell you how to fix it. Miss Yvette won me over. I hated liver. Here's the way to eat it. When she cooks it, or grills it, it's with the spice called thyme, T-H-Y-M-E. Lots of thyme is on it. She cooks it with onions and then puts it on my plate, and we immediately eat it, like sizzling. It has to be hot. It's delicious. 
if it's really hot. There's nothing worse than lukewarm liver. That was free. That's just a little information there. But if you're a vegan, how are you going to get vitamin B12? They do make supplements by fermenting forms of bacteria. It creates B12. I have a friend that was a vegan for life. Uh, I mean, an extreme vegan for the sake of her health and her kids. And she had to become a meat eater because of depression. And that was caused by a lack of B12, and the supplements just weren't doing it for her. So today, I want to talk about the vital B12s for spiritual health. The vital B12s for spiritual health. The first vital thing to be is to be together. Be together. Verse 1, he exhorts the elders who are among you, who are serving the flock of God. This word among you is a together uh, word. Elders in a church aren't people somewhere far off. They're people that are among you. And that's what's been the hardest about the COVID-19 season that we're in, is our being separated from one another to not spread a disease. Now, I've attempted to live by this, not because I'm afraid, not because I'm afraid of getting sick, I think I probably have antibodies in me that would kill something like that. I've had malaria more than once and an amoeba as a, as a child. And so I've got, I had a, someone in the medical field look at my blood and magnify it, and she saw things she had never seen in blood, looked at me like I was a weirdo. Well, maybe I am. So anyway, What's hardest about this season is our not being together. But yet, through social connections and technology, we can have a form of being together. That's why it's important to avail ourselves of these things, not resent them, but to connect with one another because we're called to be together. If we're going to be spiritually healthy, we need to be together. There's three things involved in the Christian life. There's the principles of God. That is his word. There's the presence of God. We connect with his presence in worship, singing songs, praying, seeking his face. And there's the people of God. We connect with the people of God through assembling together in fellowship, working together. And it's more than just a gathering, but it's finding your place within the body and functioning. A gathering is one thing, but an assembling is something else. This watch on my wrist, I could take off and bust it up into all its hundreds of pieces and put those pieces in a bag, and I would have a gathering. You'd say, what is that? Oh, it's a watch. It's gathered, but it would not be assembled, and it would not take time. This is a timely word for someone. As we begin to gather again, let's assemble together because that's what we're called to do. And in this day and hour we live in, we had best be spiritually healthy because there is all kinds of stuff going on to set us at odds with our neighbors, with one another, with our families. Let's get it together. How good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Number two, We need to be hopeful. 
Look at what our text says in verse 1. He talks about we're a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. The elders that are faithful will be a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. So that glory is not yet, but it is coming. It will be. And so there's a hope in God's blessings. So not only should we be together as his people, but we need to be a hopeful people, not a fearful people. Some people are afraid of COVID-19, and some people are afraid of the government taking away our rights, and we're ready to to riot or ready to rebel. I'm not sure it's time for that yet. Yes, but our Constitution says, I know what the Constitution says. I know what the Bible says. And I remember a story of Jesus being encountered by the devil. It was told a verse in Psalm 91. It said he would give his angels charge over you to keep you from tripping over a stone. And Satan quoted that verse to Jesus and said, because of what the Bible says, why don't you jump off the temple? Because the word says the angels will catch you. And Jesus said, the word also says, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Eventually he said, get thee behind me. Didn't listen to him anymore. Some people are doing that with the Constitution. We need to rebel because the Constitution says, yes, it says what it says, but it does empower our leaders to make the decisions they make. And our president has called for churches to be essential. Thank you, Lord. But I understand why we needed to make distance for a while, to keep the ERs from being overwhelmed with sick people. We have done that. We've prevented that. Now let's get things back together. That's how I understand what's going on. It's vital to be willing. We must be willing people, not by compulsion, but willingly to serve in the calling with which God has called us. Willingly. A willingness is a willing mind. It's a pre- disposition to be active in pursuing obedience to what God has called us to do. We need to be together, we need to be hopeful, and we need to be willing. We don't need to be contrarians, always looking for another way to do things and making it hard for our leaders, but let's be a blessing to those that are leading us. Let's pray for our president. Let's pray for our governors and senators and those serving us in that capacity. And let's pray for our police, that God would expel from their midst those that are evil. And that those who have worked too long, it's a hard job, that the Lord would open a door for them to do something else before some catastrophe happens. To be spiritually healthy, we need to be generous people, willing to serve, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, eagerly, not for what am I going to get out of this? How much are you going to pay me? What am I going to do? But no, eagerly, jumping at a chance to serve. You know, let me just brag on Joseph Pilgrim, our youth pastor. My eyes have been on him for a few years. He's a gung-ho guy. He jumps at the chance to serve, and we 
came to a place where we needed to hire someone so Miss Yvette could take a break from that form of ministry. She's ministering in other ways. Joseph was my first choice. He would jump at a chance to serve. Thank you, Joseph, for your faithfulness. To be spiritually healthy, we need to realize we are called to be examples. And for those of you that say, well, yeah, but you're getting these from elders. These are for elders. These are not for me. I'm not an elder. No, you are an elder in certain spheres. If you have any form of responsibility at all, you are an overseer in that sphere. So while you may not carry the title or fill the office of an elder, you are a leader. You oversee a certain capacity. You're a steward of what God has entrusted to your care. And in being that steward, we need to be examples. Verse 2 and 3 tells the elders to feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint but willingly, not for filthy lucre, that's for dishonest gain, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. There are some spiritual leaders that get greedy for money. You can see them on TV, man. They're selling you blessings. Oh, send in your money right now. The angels are getting their assignment for the next 12 months. If you want a, a blessing, make a 12-month pledge. They're giving you a sales pitch because they're greedy for money. There's people that become little demagogues, pastors, power goes to their head, and they think that God's people are their people. Their church is their church. It's not their church in the sense that they own the church. It's their church in the sense that they are a part of it as well. They're a member of the church that serves in that capacity. And in their serving, we are examples called to be examples to the flock. To be spiritually healthy, we need to be submissive people. All of you be submissive to one another. We all have to be open for input from each other. How can we exhort one another? The more often as we see the day approaching, that, that's the verse about assembling. It's out of Hebrews. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. How can you exhort one another if you're not submissive to one another? We gotta be able to hear each other's hearts and hear the Lord together. That's the environment for a spiritually healthy church and a spiritually healthy believer. If you're of the mentality, nobody's gonna tell me what to do, that's dangerous. Young person, you will be told what to do, so go and accept that. Well, I don't like it. Well, if you don't like it enough, eventually you'll be told what to do by the biggest man in your cell. So be submissive now and be blessed. Number seven, to be spiritually healthy, we need to be self-humbling. Now, I could have said this, to be humble or to be humbled, but it's an act that is daily. It's a fight against your pride. Be clothed with humility. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. So wear humility like clothes. When you've done something great and you've not been noticed, just cover up what you've done that's great. You're not doing it for the praises of men. You're doing it for the one who sees in secret who will reward you openly. Humble yourself under the mighty hands of God 
So we will be humble people. God has willed that. But it's much easier if we humble ourselves so that God doesn't have to humble us because he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Look at this cartoon. This older priest full of pride tells a younger guy, my dear boy, I was practicing self-effacement before you were even thought of. Humility is not something you fake. Humility is not a ritual. Humility is recognizing that you're not humble and repenting of pride. And anytime pride rises up, envy, jealousy, competition, recognize it, repent of it. Humility also is exercising thankfulness because you didn't put yourself where you are. God used people and his blessings in your life, which is humbling. Thank God for his mercy. To be spiritually healthy, we need to be relieved. Be relieved of our stress. Now, how do we do this? Do I just say, I'm going to be relieved? I'm going to be at rest? Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest? Yes, but what do we do in coming to him? He says here in verse 7, casting all your care, your burdens on him. This word casting isn't just laying it at his feet. It's throwing it. It's getting rid of it. It's like casting a net or casting a reel and cutting the line, letting him have your burdens, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. He is interested in us. He cares for us. He wants to help us with our burdens. There's a little course we used to sing, cast your burdens onto Jesus, for he cares for you. Cast your burdens onto Jesus, for he cares for you. Higher, 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 higher. Lift Jesus higher, 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 higher. Lift Jesus higher. Cast your burden onto Jesus, for he cares for you. Now, this isn't just a verse we memorize. Unless we apply it, we do not reap the benefit. Right now, let's just pray right now. Father, I pray that you would relieve, just receive this prayer, relieve people of their burdens. For those who are worried about COVID-19, I pray, Lord, that they would cast this worry on you, this burden on you, this undue care and concern, this stress. Lord, may they give it to you. And Lord, those that are worried about the government, I pray, Lord, that they would give this worry to you. You've brought us this far, and you didn't bring us this far to leave us. We're going to move through this. This, too, shall come to pass. And Lord, I pray for those that are worried about our nation, and the strife and unrest and disrespect and destruction that we see happening on every hand, it seems like. Lord, we cast it on you. I pray, Lord, that you use these things to cause men to turn to you for help in Jesus' name. Help your people to receive relief. Now, right now, just cast your cares on them and receive the relief that he gives. Have you ever carried something heavy and it's tough? and somebody comes along and helps you, 
cuts your burden in half. What a relief that is. Or someone else comes along and just takes the whole thing away. <sighs> just breathe in that relief right now. <sighs> Be at peace. For those of you that are worried that this thing's going to come back in the wintertime, be at peace. We've survived this far. The story's not over. Stay tuned. Don't tune out. We're going to make it. Who would want to watch a movie of our lives if nothing went wrong anyway? Amen? Vital B12s for spiritual health includes being alert. He says, as I referred to earlier in verse 8, be sober. Don't get high. Don't get drunk. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be alert. Another verse says to be circumspect. Don't be taken aback by things that are happening. Stay tuned. Be alert. Be aware. If you want to be healthy, don't be worried, but be aware. Don't be stupid, but be aware. That's what he's saying. And to be defensive. Now, we often say, we often say, oh, don't be defensive, but there are occasions to be defensive. When it comes to our enemy, we must be on the defense. Be self-controlled and alert. That is, be sober and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm, being steadfast in the faith. Now, when Satan devours you, that isn't just, you know, you, you losing uh, your livelihood or you uh, losing your family. That's him devouring your spiritual passion, making you discouraged, making you hopeless, making you worry. He's looking for people that he can pounce on and do that to. Now, some are saying, COVID-19 is the devil. We just need to rebuke the devil and blow the devil away. It may not be the devil. It may be this fallen world we live in. It may be one of those pestilences Jesus predicted. It may be the futility the earth has been subjected to, according to Romans chapter 8. Maybe creation groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God. So if it's not the devil, how is he involved? He's pouncing on folks, not him personally, but his minions, because he's not omnipresent, are pouncing on people who are worrying, people who are depressed, people that are at odds with one another. There's a verse in the New Testament that says, be angry and sin not. There's another verse that says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. It's it's dangerous to stay angry for long. It's real dangerous to get angry at night. You know, I, I was watching the news this morning, and it shared that uh, there was a peaceful demonstration in Dallas until it got dark. The sun went down on wrath, and some people got up to some horrible mischief happening in all of our cities right now. So don't give place to the devil. If you're angry, be careful with that. Deal with it. If you're hurt, be careful with that. Deal with it. Don't let it fester. If you're prejudiced and judgmental, deal with that. Lest the enemy get a foothold in your life. Resist him standing firm in the faith. 
I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, back up and give it a listen to again. A vital B12 for spiritual health is to be aware. Now, this goes along with being alert. It says that when these things happen to us, attacks of the enemy, we're to know that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You need to know you're not alone. You need to know you're not the only one. And this helps. It just helps. You're not alone. If you think you're the only one, that really makes you vulnerable to the enemy. That's really discouraging. But you're not the only one. And in this season, we're definitely not the only one. The whole nation is involved in this mess. Yes, but my suffering is unique. It is. But you're not the only one with that unique kind of suffering. And finally, to be spiritually healthy, we must be faithful. We can't quit. We must be persistent. We must be patient. He concludes this exhortation. He says, but the God of all grace, who has called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, that's where we're faithful, in the wild. And in light of eternity, the while is not long at all. What is eternity minus 10,000 years? It equals eternity. So there is suffering in the Christian life. There's suffering in the unbeliever's life. There's suffering in the atheist's life. There's suffering in life. We live in a planet of suffering. But after we have suffered a while, God, who has called us by his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, the God of all grace who has done this, he's able to make you perfect. That's complete, whole, healed, establish, grow, strong, strengthen, make you stronger, and settle you. That's to stand you upright. It's not the settling in, in as far as, you know, settling for the new normal or settling down and taking a nap. No, it's a settling in that you are strong and standing upright and balanced. This is God's will for us as his people, that we would be these 12 things spiritually healthy. If you would like to receive a copy of these notes, email me, alan at generationspeople.org. And if you are planning on attending our service next Sunday, June the 7th at 10 a.m., email me and let me know how many in your party, your family, is attending. We need to know because the county judge wants to visit us that day of all days. Ron Massengale wants to check us out, and I want to make sure we have a seat for him. God forbid we would have to turn him away, the guy that issued the executive order back in April. Wouldn't that be hilarious? So, these are vitally important things to be as believers if we're going to walk in victory. I wish it was automatic, but no, there is a walk to being victorious. And we must walk our talk. There is a talk, but there's a walk that backs up the talk. Let's worship the Lord one more time. Greater than
for worshiping with us today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And may you walk in victory like never before when all the world is in an uproar. God bless you.